Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AI Guild podcast series. If you're new, the AI Guild is a community of data scientists and AI practitioners, uh, as well as other people who just want to strengthen the AI community within Europe, support businesses with the acceleration of the adoption of AI, and want to ramp up the scaling of talent for AI in Europe. My name is Rachel Berryman. I'm an AI Guild member and a data science consultant here in Berlin. Today we have another AI Guild member in the studio with us, Leila Alafrova. Perfect, you made it. <laughs> um, Leila is an IT consultant at Alexa in Berlin. So Leila, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So let's start with just an introduction about how you got into the field of IT consulting. So what your background is, um, how you ended up in Berlin, and what you do. I joined Lexta in 2018 uh, after I graduated um, my master's studies in applied economics. And for me, at the at this point, uh, when I when I was looking for a job, I was very interested in IT. And the fact that uh, when you work in consulting, you all barely do the same type task twice was very tempting to me. This was actually the main reason why I wanted definitely to work in consulting. And Lexta is situated in Berlin, and I totally love with Berlin. And I also was uh, interested in Lexta's values um, and uh, the way they work. And since 17 months, I already was lucky to tap uh, into almost every product of Lexta, like sourcing, benchmarking, and digitization. Uh, by the way, uh, Lexta, with its services and cloud sourcing, near other hybrid consultancies like KPMG and Deloitte, um, is seen as the second biggest competitor in Germany. And of course, it was exciting for me to join their team. And um, that's all actually, interest in IT and also uh, challenging tasks and definitely not repetitive tasks. That was the main reason why I joined IT consultancy. Yeah, that sounds really exciting, um, especially getting to work in so many different industry verticals already. Um, so what does a typical work day look like for you as an IT consultant? Um, it is very, very different. It varies on the situation whether I am working on site in Berlin in our office or I am uh, I need to be at the client side. So if I'm in Berlin office, tasks are slightly different because I have an ability to focus um, on more conceptual tasks or maybe on uh, pro on uh, tasks in the project which uh, just needed to be done. But if I am on site, uh, my day looks totally differently because it's usually I'm. Um, I, I spend my time mostly in meetings and communicating with the client or in uh, different conferences or holding presentations. So it's very dynamic. And um, both of them have um, yeah, their negative and positive sides. But usually my day starts at 8.30. Um, yeah, most of the meetings and calls start uh, between 8.30 and 9 a.m. in consultancy. So yeah, you got to get up um, early. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so since you're actually working um, with clients of yours who are something really trying to up their level in IT and many times also really trying to embrace new trends in AI or data science and really wanting to be cutting edge in this field, what are the main challenges that you see your clients facing with AI adoption um, and what are some of the main solutions that you as a consultant offer to those clients? 
Okay, that's a very good question. Maybe I firstly start what kind of clients we have so that you understand their main challenges. So uh, Lextamo Sleep operates in Germany, Austria, Switzerland and UK. And our customers are usually companies uh, listed in dark 30 or mid-sized firms, which are very established companies. So it means that they have like very historically um, uh, gained a client pool and uh, they are known and they have historically structured uh, very hybrid types of form of their IT architecture. So, and when those kind of companies face uh, disruptive, um, innovative challenges, which are their competitors are doing, first of all, of course, they also want to keep up with digital innovations. Um, and of course, in this point, they usually hire consultants, for example, like us, uh, to help them. But in reality, they usually start very ambitious, which is good. But uh, very often they face with very harsh realities um, uh, where they realize that before they adopt fancy, like I, I, I like to say fancy because like AI and cloud computing or blockchain or IoT are the, the technologies actually which, uh, very, which sound very exciting for our clients. But at the end, it all goes back to basics. So they all want those this kind of solutions like for example AI um, or established data science in their departments and everything it all sounds awesome but uh, if they do not uh, have a proper documentation or a proper described basic processes of every, their everyday work um, it is very challenging to um, adapt any kind of innovation in the in the company and since uh, IT is also it's not uh, a department anymore IT should be seen as a as something which uh, will um, change the whole company, every department, and uh, starting with basics like documentation and describing processes, it's actually, yeah, it's not that exciting as adopting AI, uh, of course, um, so, yeah, most of them need to face it and start with basics, yeah. Is it sometimes hard to convince your clients to focus on this groundwork um, type stuff because they, you know, they have this idea in their head that they want to do a quote-unquote AI project? Um, how do you handle that conversation of telling them, yeah, well, that you want to do AI, but you have to start with, I don't know, getting a data or restructure your architecture yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like definitely not what they uh, on the first place of course hired us in this moment but uh, we need to be honest and uh, we try to communicate this of course um, in the most <laughs> politically correct way so that yeah they, they are not scared of uh, with all of the work which is coming um, up to them because they actually just wanted only to adapt an AI and they, and they, need, they face that they need to restructure all of the company. Sounds harsh and um, it's a lot of work, uh, but yeah, mostly actually they see their problem and they realize it. And to be honest, um, usually they also Within themselves, usually they already know their weak spots, so we just uh, help them to uh, find out exactly what uh, the root causes are for the problem and help them to go through this. Mm -hmm. um, so, in the broad field of IT consulting, obviously there are a ton of different kind of sub branches within that field. 
how do you think that helping companies to implement AI or data science projects is different from other IT projects like traditional software projects? Um, like basically, there are like on the first place, there are not many differences because all of them require same groundwork. Uh, but the difference maybe with AI, what I already said, that it's, um, well, there are like two kind of clients I uh, actually faced in my, in my experience. Um, one of them, they are like totally fell in love with new technologies and AI. They're totally pro-AI and I want it, no matter what it costs, no matter what they need to do for that. And they're totally collaborative um, and actually really easy to work with. Uh, but sometimes, um, as I told you um, before, they go too ambitious about it and want to have results fast, which is not always um, easy. So another type of clients um, I, ha I had, uh, they usually yeah, somehow slightly scared of uh, wording like AI or so. So they prefer maybe um, yeah, words which do not... Uh, have to do anything with digital innovations or something because they have a very negative uh, feelings about innovations and they do not want to scare off uh, their management or uh, their all the stakeholders who are involved especially workers um, which are usually in established companies work there i don't know for 10 or 20 years already they are the most uh, complicated to communicate that they will be it will be restructured because many of employees of the company they are scared of this they, they have a feeling that they might lose their job which is not true restructuring doesn't mean losing jobs restructuring means that their, their, their everyday job might change that's all and actually in kind of this kind of restructuring processes uh, to be honest, no one will fire anyone because in this transitional uh, phases um, of the companies, they actually need so many resources and they usually hire even more people uh, to go through these transition periods. So the, 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 like their fears um, are usually not really, yeah, I understand them. I just want to say that uh, those fears are not always true and not always necessary to have. So what are some of the ways that um, you've seen companies be successful in dealing especially with this personnel um, problem? So especially that kind of cultural aversion to change or innovation. So how have you seen companies actually inspire their employees to not be so afraid of change and innovation? I think the clear communication is, is very important. I think I have, I have a feeling that the more management tries, tries to hide from the employees that they are actually will be facing restructuring in IT and uh, they try to communicate this in a polite way or try to hide what exactly is going on, the more this like kind of intransparency actually causes even more fear than uh, clear communication that, hey, we're heading towards new kind of um, operations. Uh, our company will be restructured. Uh, IT is now part of every department. It's not a separated um, department anymore. It's not a separated field. Uh, and 
all of you, like all of the people who were like hardly working since 10 or 20 years or maybe longer, maybe it was like their first job and they were all of their lives there in the company. I mean, there, uh, the most important actually key person in this kind of restructuring because no one knows the company the way they know it. So what's needed to be done is just to be, uh, to, to make, like to communicate in a transparent way that you're, you will not, like to each employee maybe, to talk personally, that you will not lose your job, that we value your uh, experience and what you've done so far. But, but what we need is just your knowledge needs to be somehow de uh, uh, stored in a digital way so that it, it can be like accessed by new workers and everyone. So, and this will last many years. So there's a really great way to frame it. Um, I think for people that have a lot of fear of getting replaced, just frame it in a positive way, like you just mentioned, that um, no, we're not trying to replace you, we're actually trying to preserve that knowledge that you've worked a lot Exactly. Yeah, that's really smart. It's, uh, it's just not really smart, it's just true, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so um, just need to be uh, communicated more transparently to them. Yeah. So what skills do you think will be most important for business leaders to hire for in the coming years if they want to run an AI-focused company? So we've talked um, a bit about how important culture is, how important communicating with your workforce, um, but obviously the war for talent is something that people talk about a lot and that I'm sure a lot of your companies um, are worried about. So yeah, maybe if you can talk a bit about the HR side of building an IT-focused or AI-focused company. That is, um, of course, um, it is not an easy task for HR in the future to hire talent. So I would say, um, in the first place, do not exclude the possibility maybe at the beginning to work also with maybe external um, um, like freelancers or external consultancies, uh, because as, as you already mentioned, there is a war on, on talent. Uh, it's not easy to find them. So first of all, this, um, be prepared, it will be hard. Um, in the second place, maybe about the skills uh, which they are need, they, uh, which are will be needed in the structuring um, in or in adoption of the AI in the company, is that there are like two kind of um, yeah AI specialist. I worked in my life uh, so far in my career, so in my career path so far. So one are more on generalistic side, and others are very specialized. And I think it is important to have in every team specialists and generalists. Uh, this is, I think, the, the key uh, to successful AI adoption. But on the early, early stages, I will say even more generalists than specialists because uh, they will be able to see uh, complexity um, in a way that they can see easily dependencies between each tasks or maybe departments or maybe business fields or use cases and will not lose themselves in the early stages in the um, details, which to specialists, I mean, were very, very important, but I would say in the later stage of AI yeah. adoption. So once the company really has at bare minimum, really strong understanding of their data, has maybe described exactly. a that, then start looking at hiring more specialized people. Exactly, yeah. At the beginning, like, you need to clear strategy, maybe think about, not maybe, but I would definitely think about uh, data governance with clear law, uh, roles and also distinguishing, uh, distinguishing between um, data which is gained internally or externally or which other sources of data might be used because there is also so 
so many questions which come along with data privacy usage and uh, which data you can use and which not. So this is like a very complex process. So yeah, I would say don't take it easy and maybe spend more time at the beginning on, on the strategy so that you will not lose yourself in the end in the implementation and will face um, hard problems which will cost you a lot of money. And what do you think, um, what types of skills do you think are important for companies to hire for at the higher level, so in management? Because so far we talked a lot about kind of the more technical people, what type of um, skill sets that management should look for, but um, you also talked a lot about institutional change. So how can, um, can companies hire for people who will lead that change? Definitely, uh, people who have uh, a strong, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm totally a huge believer in soft skills also, which are important for uh, this kind of transformation, because as I told you before, like there will be many fears, may, maybe many political issues within the company. Um, so it is important to have like uh, empathy, understanding, um, like um, very good uh, communication skills, uh, going along as I told you with empathy. This is like the basic, I, I would say, for management um, during the transition, and um, also not only love for innovation. But um, this kind of mindsets which people have, it's like lifelong uh, life learning. I think this is essential. Yeah. If you have, I think, those two in management, yeah, all other skills, of course, are important, like hard skills, like experience, maybe, or knowledge in particular field or so. But I think this all goes to basics, yeah. uh, like uh, lifelong learning and um, empathy. Yeah. What do you think are the main advantages of an organization like the AI Guild? Um, so organizations that are really made up of people working in this field, what kind of advantages do you think that has for companies trying to really enter the AI space and really adopt AI in a substantive way? Well, um, I would say AI Guild has a huge pool of talents with various backgrounds and experience levels. Um, and also what I uh, observe in AI Guild is the most important thing is here is uh, it is very diverse. So we have 40% uh, of members who are uh, representatives of womanhood, <laughs> which is like... Um, which is not uh, very often because uh, in, uh, especially in this kind of innovative tech field, we face uh, this kind of phenomenon of tech growth. And uh, this is not what AI Guild is about. We are very diverse. And um, besides, uh, like it's also very international. And I would also say that our superpower is, is that, um, yeah, AI Guild has uh, smart people from different industries. And yeah, this is what makes us special. Okay, so also um, following up on the topic of diversity, since we're both women in technology and we yeah. all understand um, the extremely high value of having diverse viewpoints and diverse teams when working on technical challenges, building technical products, etc. Um, but is this something that you see the companies that you're consulting with also seeing the value of? Is this something that companies are really recognizing as a strength? Definitely. Uh, this is a change which I um, observe very often that even uh, like more and more 
women are welcomed in management, especially because of this kind of skill I mentioned before, empathy. I do not want to say that women are more empathic than men or so, this will be like generalizing, but the diversity part, it is recognized by most of the companies and this is what I'm really, really happy about. That's why I'm totally in love also, um, yeah, um, with my job so that I can absorb this kind of changes and to be being part of it, it's exciting. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's definitely a very exciting time um, to be in the field. There's definitely a lot of changes yes. and a lot of viewpoints on the more coming to the fold that weren't um, there before. Okay, um, so Lynn, thank you so much again for thank you. sharing your, um, your thoughts and experience, especially on the organizational side and what it really takes for companies to move the adoption of AI forward in Europe. For those of you who are listening, if you are a practitioner or someone who wants to help us with our goal of accelerating AI adoption in Europe and especially ethical AI adoption in Europe, um, please get in touch and apply to be an AI Guild member. Thank you very much.